Not Exactly Radio with you again. Another week of Not Exactly Radio uh, stalling, making time. Hey, what's up? It's me, your host, Benny K, and... Tony, uh, the one Tony. Tony, the one Tony. Kevin, you're also the one. Welcome back. I wish I was the one. You are the one, Kevin. It could have been fun. Could have been fun. <laughs> Unfortunately, I took the blue pill instead of the red pill, so, you know. Ah. Either way. That's, that's a Matrix reference. That is a <laughs> <laughs> Because you see, maybe, oh man, what if that song is about Keanu Reeves? That makes sense. Anyways, before we get further into <laughs> weird conspiracy theories about Taylor Swift songs, we're talking today about the Taylor Swift and her newest album, Folklore, which was dropped, I don't know, a couple weeks ago? Not, not, not that long ago. 724, July bam. 24, so last Friday. Yeah, bam. Um, the eighth studio album, um... They, uh, fans only had to wait 11 months. Lover came out in 2019. Oh. Um, again, that was, Lover was kind of keeping up with her Target a- aesthetic. Mm-hmm. I didn't listen to much of it. It just looked like it was probably, the album art looked like it would be exclu- or sold exclusively in Target. <laughs> <laughs> just like that album Red, which that was a Target exclusive, was it? Uh, that's a great question. I'm I pretty feel sure like it was. It was, it it would was for at least a while, or at least the deluxe version was a Target exclusive. Now, do you think that Taylor Swift got Target? Do you think Taylor Swift got paid? Uh, it's pronounced Target. Mm-hmm. Oh, think- she would definitely. That. <laughs> uh, we're think- gonna keep interrupting you, Ben. Yeah, fuck you guys. Jesus Christ. Topic. Anyways, what do you got? No, I was gonna say, like, do you think that Taylor Swift got paid by Target to make that album? Red? No. Well, I'm sure she made the album and then made a deal with target (laughs) right fair yeah um so yeah uh this was her uh covid19 quarantine project she stayed busy unlike a lot of us um where i was gonna write a novel uh i didn't do that i wrote i was gonna start a video series and i didn't do that what were you gonna do ben uh i felt like i did things that i wanted to do oh yeah you told me you were gonna uh you were gonna really you were gonna hunker down and arrange your spank bank. So is it yeah. all ordered? All organized. Um by date, it? alphabetically. Yeah, what you go by fetish? Uh well yeah, I kinda kept it I kept it by fetish and by date. And how many hits each video has from you? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and how does sure. the CM Punk uh, body pillow feel about all this? <laughs> it's a little jealous. Amber has a lot of, Amber has a lot of questions about my <laughs> Alaska. About just everything. <laughs> everything. Uh, excuse me, Ben. Uh, we're getting married in October, and uh, you are organizing your spank bank. And you, you spent still... the last six months. We're supposed to be planning a wedding, and you spent the last six months. <laughs> hey, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You know, and and this is very important to me. And I hope Amber understands. This is fucking ridiculous. Fuck you guys. So yeah, uh, that's what she did. Um, surprise album. It was announced like Friday morning. Or Thursday morning. Yeah, mm-hmm. Thursday morning. And then uh, released at midnight. And then it like broke a bunch of like streaming records. But that always kind of happens now with the big artists doing the surprise shit. So right. I didn't really write down the numbers. I just know it is the current streaming champion. <laughs> 
Uh, she describes it as a collection of songs and stories that flowed like a stream of consciousness. And that's kind of really how the album vibes, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it just, it, it, it all is cohesive, obviously, but like each one just, it's not that it really builds off of, it's just they're all are kind of, you know, you could see why they all came out through the same session. Mm-hmm. I was saying also, but also why, you know, it's, you know, if I think it just feels very much, yeah, like somebody that sat in isolation, wrote song after song after song, mm-hmm. all in a small period of time. And that's why they sound cohesive and together, but also stand out on their own because it's just whatever emotions were going through the time of that week or set of days. I'd have to say I took it upon myself uh, this week to listen to her entire discography. And if there's one compliment I can give to all of her albums is she has an immaculate ability for track ordering. Uh, the, every track she puts into an album like very much is in the right place on that album. Uh, there's never a part where I was listening to one where it's like, well, this one would have fit better here as like the first song or in the first bench or this one would have worked like really like she's got it down to a science at this point. And I think it really works well here with folklore describing it as a stream of conscious, because as you said, like they, there's just an incredibly well flowing album. Now this is the first, like just flat out, like I'm going to sit down and listen to Taylor Swift's album. Um, I tried to do that with other previous ones. Then it's like oh, with a lot of pop artists where I don't check out their whole catalog. I just know the ones I really like. That tends to be my experience with her. I, I still I find the ones I really like and then I just stick to those. <laughs> I uh, I still find I, I, I agree with Tony in this. Like this is actually the first album of Taylor Swift that I could really like sit through. I'm not saying like any of her other albums are bad or anything. And I probably I haven't taken the right amount of time to actually go through her, the rest of her albums. But this album, like when I first turned it on, I let it go the whole time. Like it was no there was no interruptions. It was all one big vibe. It was really well done. And it just like I don't want to like trash on any of her music or anything, but I remember that one song that she kind of threw up, I don't know, a couple of years ago where it's like, look what you made me do or something like that. Yeah. Off a reputation. That's easily her worst album. I was going to say, <laughs> I was like, that's the only thing that was my, that was my base. That was my her base. Worst, her worst single. That yeah. was, that was my base for this no. new album. And I was just like, and I, I just like, couldn't get over that whole fact of like, look what you made me do. I'm like, Oh, sorry. The old Taylor is dead. <laughs> And I'm like, at least, right, at least that one's got some kitsch fun to it. A uh, little bit of camp. Uh, there was another single off of that one called Are You Ready For It? That's just straight hot garbage. <laughs> uh, I do have to say, like, it, she does write a Billboard single, and they're oftentimes like not my, I won't say they're the worst songs on the album, but they're definitely usually my least favorite songs on the album where they never come close to being my favorites uh with the exception of uh the songs off of red and that's probably you know also producers 22 is and a managed, banger producers and managers also you know insisting that an album has a specific type of single or something like right that. you could never never know that behind the scenes shit um I'm wearing a Clash t-shirt, so it just made me think of that, how they hated the track Train in Vain. That's why it's a secret track on London Calling. But like when they presented London Calling to the Suits, they wanted a real single on the album. And they 
which shut up suits because London Calling <laughs> fucking amazing. The thing is, I do like Train in Vain, but I do understand if you're the Clash, it is their most like just pop rock song. Yes, there is no punk attitude to it at all. <laughs> Um, so that's why it's even a secret, secret track, even though it was the lead single off of Long Big Calling, because they just did not want that on that album. And that's how they got around it. But it's one of those things, superstars like this, who knows how much creative control they have with stuff like that, too. Right. We, we just don't hear about it. I mean, mm-hmm. Taylor went through that one thing earlier in the year where she couldn't even play certain songs live. Or she had a singer. Oh, yeah. Uh, also the topic of one of the songs on uh, Folklore Here. Oh, is it? Which one? Mad Woman, uh, ah. specifically about her beef with uh, Scooter Braun, uh, okay. who's just, and I'll get into it more once we get well, to that point how, in the... Yeah, how about let's just get into it right away. Yeah, and I want to say the first four tracks on this are just fantastic. It is a great opening right there. I, um, I, I think one of my favorites is the first one right there, the one... And then this is where you first hear Taylor Swift say a bad word. And oh my God. He's on her new shit. (laughs) My new shit. I'm like, what, Taylor, what? It's the shit she promised in Reputation. The old one's dead. It just took two more albums. (laughs) It took took her going back to her old shit. And now she's on some new shit. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Uh, it's... My favorite times in the album is when it sounds like the most like 90s uh, woman solo artist. Sure. When it taps into that Alanis Morissette, Fiona Apple, Mm -hmm. woman. A little bit of that Lisa Loeb. Yeah, a woman with guitar that has shit to say um, and shit to sing about. Yeah. Um, That's what I really enjoy about this in the first four just go <laughs> they do they do and like uh besides you know they got that single cardigan too but i, I really want to point out um exile which is featuring uh bon Iver, which like i'll be honest this is a story and i think i told you that guys this before but i used to call him bon iver all the time yeah you and like everyone else who yeah. wasn't from eau claire don't don't worry and then, you're, and then you're the not the soul dipshit i just remember i remember i went to a bon Iver show and then they were like saying like i think like the mayor i don't know if it was the mayor somebody said like oh today is bon Iver day and blah 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 and verde i just realized that uh verde anyways um but like green <laughs> i know that's why i thought it was hilarious because i just like boney verde i'm like oh boney and then verde it's a green boney anyways um but no, we were at. The- <laughs> <laughs> we were show at. The- you. I'll show you a green bony. <laughs> you should go to a doctor. My God. Uh, but no, like during that show, like all of a sudden it's like it's Bony Verde. I'm like I've been saying Bon Iver the whole time. This of course I feel like you have. Fucking idiot. My God. It's okay. Oh, I, it, th- it could th- be worse. There was someone on Twitter here today who just realized that. Boney Vare isn't the name of the guy, that it's the name of a band. <laughs> band. <laughs> I, I also made that so mistake she, as well. I did too. So she had like a huge thing where it was like, I just realized that this isn't like some guy's name. Don't worry, I'm dumb too. Uh, so Mr. Bone got, uh, you know, a big when we were undergrads, we we're like 1920, really. When he started getting his mm-hmm. big vibes. Uh, uh, their he, bus station so, near campus had uh, the bus terminal had a big glass advertisement for 
Bon Iver. I'm like, who the hell is Bon Iver? And why are we excited about him coming here? And that was like, and cause yeah, they did market Justin Vernon a lot for Bon Iver. Right, like, well, it, it very much is a a solo project. Like, yeah. uh, so I went to school up in Eau Claire for my undergrad and- Eau Claire was one of my One of my first uh, experiences there was picking up uh, their like local uh, scene newspaper. I don't know what like the arts and music. Uh, here Boulder. In, here, here, well, here in Wisconsin and Milwaukee, it's the Shepherd Express, right? Uh, up there, it's called Volume One, uh, and in Volume One, they had an article saying like the five reasons we love Bony Bear and the five reasons we hate Bony Bear. And like the number one reason was like we really wish we could stop talking about Bony Bear, but it's literally the biggest thing to come out of Eau Claire since like uh, Line of Kugels opened up down the road at Chippewa Falls. Like this is this is kind of huge for uh, Northwest Wisconsin. Um, he recently interviewed Aaron Rodgers. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 10 years in between I saw a photo of him have not quite been kind <laughs> sorry <laughs> Justin he, Vernon but he, he looks like pretty much every guy I went to school with up in Oakland <laughs> <laughs> like, like he, he, he is not a remarkable like very very average white dude uh, who grew a beard and is going a little bald on top remember when he was hanging out being, like a lot bald <laughs> Remember when he was hanging out with Kanye? That was weird. Yeah! Uh, <laughs> to the point where Kanye sampled uh, Woods on My Beautiful Dark Twisted mm-hmm. Fantasy. Lost in the World. Great fucking song. Great uh, fucking song. Um, we also, were just re- oh, go ahead, Ben. Oh, sorry. So also, just to go back to uh, Kevin saying that Bon Iver looked like a bunch of his friends from Eau Claire, uh, I, I also want to bring up this picture that you have, Kevin, of you and your friends from Eau Claire. Uh, I think it was your cover photo for a while, yeah, yeah. and I remember oh, where we went to the actual festi- music festival yeah. called yeah. Eau Claire. And then I just remember looking at it, and it took me like two or three minutes to point out which one you were. <laughs> it's because they were all different Kevins coming together. I was like, "Wait, is this one Kevin? I'm not sure if this one's actually Kevin." Oh my god! And it doesn't help that there were two twins in the photo too. So like, there are two people who looked exactly like each other. Not even an exaggeration. It's Avengers Endgame <laughs> at the end, but everybody coming out of the portals are Kevins. <laughs> uh, um, um, oh yeah, these first four tracks, hell yeah. Um, that Exile one, I just need to be in like a movie, like an opening or ending credits because it's mm-hmm. just, it, it, it feels just dramatic and that some dramatic things need to be happening in the backdrop. Yeah. Also, could it be like end of September, early October already for me to oh, just yeah. like have that song on a loop and just straight up vibing with this, leaves this, changing and whatnot? This whole I album found October. F- I found Oktoberfest for the first time, and so it's like easily the earliest I've seen an Oktoberfest in stores. I'm pretty sure it is just fall now. Like I'm, I don't think. <laughs> Time is such a <laughs> wasted concept now. I, I don't give a shit about it anymore. <laughs> to cover the last uh, track here in the first four, The Last Great American Dynasty, uh, yep. easily the most upbeat song on the track, in the track listing, and yep. also, uh, well, I should say, up-tempo. It's a little melancholy, uh, seeing as it's a song about uh, a woman who had her husband die and she inherited the entire fortune of the Standard Oil Company. 
uh, <laughs> and then like just proceeded to fuck with this town in Royal Island from her house, and then Taylor Swift bought that house. Oh, so that was real uh, life. <laughs> yes, that's, that's yeah, yeah. This is it is based off of the story of I forget what the hell her name is. I'll look it up here real quick, but uh, it it's based off a true story, like filled her pool of champagne, stole her neighbor's dog, and uh, dyed it green. And apparently the house is haunted because Taylor Swift says that she's seen this woman's ghost uh, oh, around. So little little spooky time adventure for you there. Ooh, save that for Halloween. We're gonna get there and talk <laughs> about that. Um, but yeah, no, I thought that was I thought it was very well done too. That song, it just like it, it had like for me, it had like the the feel of like someone just like for me at least, it felt like someone lost their like father or someone they look up in high regards which i mean that kind of makes sense to what you're talking about there um but like it just seemed like a heavily like this whole album the feel is like something is lost like the whole <laughs> entire time and that doesn't really stop with the last great american dynasty uh, rebecca harkness is the uh heiress of the standard oil fortune mm. Mm. <clears throat> yeah okay. this just it, again, it, it, it was recorded in isolation. It just feels like it's a very private, like, collection of songs that, like, the vibe it gives me is just hanging around at the, a lonely cabin with the singer-songwriter and not a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. And they're just taking us through this journey. Like, that's... Uh, yeah, that's, that's the vibes I'm getting from this thing. So, yeah, let's... Uh, <laughs> It's tea time. Kevin has brewed up the tea. Uh, he's the only one that knows the tea with the tea swizzle um, outside of the obvious Kanye bullshit. Um, but uh, because we don't know anything about so, what's going on here, there are things going on here in these songs. So for me, uh, Taylor's put together her strongest uh, songwriting on this album and one of the internal... Uh, story arcs that happens here is the uh, teenage love triangle that covers across Cardigan, August, and Betty. Uh, Cardigan's point of view is being sung from uh, Betty. The song August is from the other girl's point of view. Uh, She's never explicitly given a name. Uh, And then the last point of view comes from James, who is actually never identified as a gender. So people are wondering if it's a self-insert for Taylor, seeing as she's named after James Taylor, or if it is like her creating a boy whole cloth to complete the uh, love triangle. Uh, The other little fun tidbit in it is that uh, apparently in the song, uh, Betty, she drops the name Inez, and Inez and James are the names of uh, Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively's kids, and they Ooh. apparently have a daughter on the way. So is the daughter's name Betty? Who knows? We don't know. That's some, that's some stuff right there. My God. Also, wouldn't you be mad if you were Blake Lively and, and Ryan Reynolds? Like, stop, stop no, talking. No, apparently to they're, like, really good friends. Oh. Like, that's the whole but, reason that it <laughs> but i'm wondering but i'm wondering like if you're telling the name of my kid before it's born i'd be a little mad about it but like maybe they did tell her and 
confidence and like they've i'm guessing conversations happen that and it's we don't even know if this is true we don't like this this is all uh swifty fans uh projecting and speculating Mm -hmm. uh what is true though is one of my favorite songs on the album being mad woman uh a song about how much uh I'm blanking on the fucking dipshit's name now. Uh, so Taylor like Swift, Scooter, Scooter, Scooter Braun, yes. <laughs> uh, how that ass hat stole basically Taylor Swift's entire discography, everything up to 1989. Uh, she just doesn't earn money on it anymore because the man's a complete and total asshole, and it's a great like yin and yang with uh, Kesha's Praying. Both songs being about how they've been used and abused in Mm -hmm. the record industry Mm -hmm. and where uh, Kesha's song is her trying to just ether a man off the face of the earth through sheer force of will alone. Uh, Mad Woman is the uh, calm collected uh, version of that kind of similar song of like here a piece of shit and here's why i i i do like it plus she uses the f word she says fuck <laughs> mm-hmm. Ooh, she's spicy she's really getting it going here taylor swift is no longer allowed on sesame street well i mean also the thing is is she's saying black lives matter now <laughs> which is I, a huge step for her woke, honestly woke swift is i am 100 percent here for her. like it's fine no. it, it, i mean it is great and like you know probably it was worried about the bag before this i'm sure well and and uh i've also watched uh the taylor swift documentary which is just a piece of uh promotion art for lover to be it's, completely it's, honest it's the last dance for taylor right. swift mm. uh but in it like it really comes off like it's her family that's pushing her not to be uh politically active that uh it's the idea that to use a michael jordan reference republicans buy shoes too uh mm-hmm. Fair. and and that's the thing yeah and and so and we know what America runs on, so it's one of those things of yeah, Dunkin' I mean, Donuts. <laughs> Sorry, she's bigger than herself, so I understand. Like, I'm not like you know guillotine that person. <laughs> There's a lot more in line for that first. Uh, so I, on one level, I understand, but uh, it, it's also she was another sign that yes, the thing, the times are a change. The times are changing in that way of. It's no longer considered possible risking your career to come out in favor of human rights. <laughs> yeah. When it, a few years ago it was, um, like somebody even pointed out, like picture your picture 2019, you being told. Granted, there's a lot of things that happened in 2020, but also 2019 version of you being told that, yeah, uh, 2020 is the year where people do stop uh, trusting the police. <laughs> Right. <laughs> widely, widely, you know, people stop trusting them, and it's like, what? Like that's an institution. That's just, <laughs> like, yeah. So, like, so we have jumped ahead, and yeah, Taylor Swift is another example where she can finally 
think those things and we can all enjoy that we have a person that's half corporation half person <laughs> you know when it is a large star like that yeah um coming out and finally in favor um yeah yeah um that's, what I got. <laughs> that's what you got no i think that's a very um the whole tea and the uh, and the story of mad woman and everything that we just tied with it there is is kind of blowing my mind right now uh mm. but i want to talk about a different track um this is me trying uh, kind of hits it a little uh, home, hits it a little home for me because uh, it's just like you know that's it's like for, it's 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 a somber song that just th- talks about struggle and uh, like I can definitely feel how that can mm-hmm. connect with like anybody who is listening to this album like this whole album has this vibe and I said that over and over again but uh, this whole album has this single vibe but like this song really nails it on the head as far as like riding that struggle bus and able to get through the whole trip. Like solitude is a mm-hmm. like if I want to give it a single word besides folklore and all over your case, solitude's another good one. Like this feels like just yeah. I mean, granted, it was during solitude that she wrote all these, mm-hmm. and it, it it's coming out all those different feelings of introspection and struggle, but also triumphing with that struggle, but then struggling some more. It's a cycle, you know. Uh, wrestling with yourself and all the things that you've had happen and see happen. Um, again, uh, this is me trying reminds me of again more so, more of that '90s woman solo artist singer yep. crooner style. Like it reminds me a lot of that stuff that we have covered. Also, mm. I'm sure Ben wouldn't be the first time that uh, you heard a stranger pour their heart out to you over a glass of whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot that was my profession for a while. Uh being that old good old bartending days and I got out right I got I got pretty lucky getting out right when yeah, I did. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh for real. Uh I'm glad we don't have to give you money. Um <laughs> <laughs> to let to let you live. Um, I appreciate that. I want to uh let's let's hit Betty cuz I think Betty is the best song near the end. Back half Betty's my jam. And it's uh, like, as I was saying, like this is the uh, culmination of the lover's triangle. It's from the point of view of James. And it's honestly, it's got like this whole, I know it's been kind of used to overused as a comparison point for a lot of bands and artists over like the last couple decades here but it's got a real bruce springsteen vibe to it uh if bruce springsteen wrote a song about someone in high school like this feels very much like that kind of song yeah it's referential it's uh rhetorical he loves playing with that um and then yeah it just it it feels like uh it feels like uh episode of friday night lights right ben yes I was gonna say like this is like <laughs> when I got to this song I was like I'm really everything's kind of like coming together because like Amber and I are like really like into Friday Night Lights right now and then this song was like talking about it, it like I guess like on the surface it's like about like bullying sort sort of bullying or like I don't know where like these friends kind of like weren't able to keep their connection because of some like maybe miscommunication like I'm seeing a lot of that in Friday no, Night Lights. No, uh, James. So specifically in the song. James cheats on Betty with oh. this other girl. That's what's being described in August. The whole tussle in the sheets. Okay, all right. Uh, that's that's 
James and the other girl having their uh, toward love affair. It's and the three reason... friggins in what's her name? <laughs> I'm just gonna say Minka Kelly. Because <laughs> <laughs> I forgot her name right now, but it's Minka Kelly. Uh, and of course, Inez in the song is the gossipy uh, girl in school, and like you can't trust her except this one time where you can trust her saying the fact that I cheated on you and that's the reason why you switched homeroom but like if I crashed your party would would you still like we're we're 17 and we don't know shit but like we do know shit and but like I still miss you babe going babe to babe 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 I'm gonna blame my uh Lyrical ignorance this week on being depressed with the whole rest of this album. There you go. That's it. Oof. Um, <laughs> that was it. That was a joke. That was a joke. I wasn't really. First thing I want to do here is Ben highlighted hoax in his list. Uh, tell us about the album closer. Well, you see, I thought it was just interesting that you know this word itself. Like the song is great. It's a good closer, but I feel like. The word itself, hoax, has been kind of used a lot recently because of someone oh. in particular. And I thought it was kind you of funny. the reason I don't get to see my friends probably for another year? Yeah, probably. Uh, but I think that was, I, I just, I thought it was interesting that uh, this word has become more popular to use in, in far as far as like, you know, uh, th- this whole song itself. But um, just... Yeah, I guess I don't really have much for it, except for I really liked it, and that it's funny that Donald Trump uses it all the time. Um, okay, well, so uh, we're gonna date. I don't know. I want to. I want to just chime in a little bit because we made it through the entire album without bringing up the fact that Aaron Dessner of uh, the National was a producer on almost the entire album, uh, but specifically the song and the first one. Uh, he actually was a co-writer on the tracks and oh, yeah. I feel like they're definitely the most nationally of oh, yeah. the two uh, and it's great that the, and again Taylor Swift just knocks it out of the park with uh, track ordering they're in their exact perfect parts as like bookends so I could see like this being a one off uh, shot for Taylor although it would disappoint me a little bit I would love to see her explore more of this folk space yeah um, especially like this one is so somber of a closer um and like you said it's very nationally i'm glad she got the uh influence correct uh rather than it derailing her entire work like mumford and mm. sons did mm-hmm. <laughs> uh mumford and sons wilder mind one of the worst album flops of a band that i liked for a while um and that's when they tried to just sound like the national with a banjo in the band and that was just horrible and they've never recovered Oh man! Um, <laughs> don't try to be like. Uh, there, we only need one. The national. This is true. Um, uh, although he can go off and hang off, hang out with uh, Justin Vernon for Big Red Machine all he wants, mm. uh, which does sound pretty nationally. But it also has Aaron Dessner, so like that's its own thing. But and like I know this gives Ben a case of the sads. I think I felt above it just because I just connect, like, I think I just, it's still just, I'm watching her journey, I'm listening through her journey, so I feel a little disconnected in the sense of, like, I'm watching, like, a movie where somebody's struggling through all these things. 
But this yeah. one is really somber. It's, as, as as much as it is her exploring for the first time, like non-autobiographical uh, songwriting, uh, there's very much that is uh, internal to her throughout much of the music. Uh, um, also, it just it, it vibes with where we're all at right now. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, a, a sad folks, sad sad boy folk music, uh, <laughs> as was coined back when Boney Vare first hit it big. Uh, like, it, it's just kind of the national conscious right now. Well, yeah, because like honestly, I feel like each of us are trapped in these woods apart from each other you know like we reach out but right now it really is we're all each in a cabin in the woods <laughs> i do kind of wish that uh it had gone to the black I mean, it would oh, yeah. be very black metal cover. <laughs> just the double kicks chiming in and then just screaming the last thing i kind of wanted to say about this album was like going back to what tony said uh i think the the issue with the way I listened to it was like uh, being like a heavy duty empath, which uh, which Amber has told me many a times that I I, I I I care too much. I don't know if that's like a bad thing. I don't. Anyways, no. I'm sorry. That's no. weird. But like being an empath and like listening to the words, like especially with like during exile, uh, saying like I've seen this movie before and I was like and I didn't like the ending. I'm like okay, that's fucking heavy. And then like the first one where you could have been the one. This is me trying everything like just put together like just I can understand seeing it from like a movie standpoint like watching this person struggle and everything uh and and seeing them fight through everything and then then when you find some sort of when you find like a deep connection between the words that she has written and the way that you feel sometimes it like all of a sudden turns it into this weird thing where it might spike a uh, sadness or anything like that and it's just uh it's it, i think that's also a call sign of a very good album and i think she did a very good job mm-hmm. with it yeah outside of uh mirror ball and invisible strings there's not a lot of uh taylor swift celebrating being in a good space mm-hmm. i thought you were gonna say i thought you're gonna say outside of mirror ball and invisible strings those two tracks were shit everything else was fantastic oh, no. i was like Mirrorball oh no is actually Kevin. one of my favorite like i Outside of Exile, I think that might be my favorite song on the track. Like, it's so delightfully twee and, like, is exactly what I want in, like, a Wes Anderson movie. And, like, I can already imagine, like, the staging of it to bring it back to fit. Like, it's the two of them in, like, the middle of this perfectly symmetrical uh, scene. And she's wearing, like, a shiny dress and just turning around and, like, their lights and it's casting, like, the mirror ball. Uh, lights are like I can already, I can picture it and it's fantastic and I love it and it fills my heart with warmth. Oh, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Now we're gonna debut a new section. It's the vibe check. Vibe check. Uh, All right. Just sprung it on you guys. Uh, I see that. Wow. So uh, we already listed a couple things that this vibes with. This would work with like Friday Night Lights. This would work in that television show. Uh, we also thought of, uh, we also talked about the national, uh, Fiona Apple, Alanis Morissette, anything else that goes with this shit. What else vibe checks with, uh, folklore? Shit. A Wes Anderson movie. I see it there. 
Uh, I'm trying to think. Like I think I think Kevin said it well before with just a couple with a couple tracks. But I think fall. I think just the the feeling of fall and like mm-hmm. I like feel it with like a fireplace and like a, a night fall breeze coming through and you can hear the leaves going through the forest and shit like that. And it just like I could see that album being a mix very, of beauty and loneliness. Is, yeah, that's yeah. Like and that's how could fall can be too. You know, just beautiful fall day where you're alone. Uh, the wind cools you down a little too much, so it feels a little too. Mm-hmm. Actually, like the the uh, cool breeze has played well. I've it's it works oddly very well as a nighttime driving album. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had to yeah. come through the neighborhoods after they've uh, closed off the on ramp for uh, the highway uh, to be the quicker version home for me. Uh, they were doing a little bit of construction. Uh, so coming back through the east side to get back to my place from work and it being 10.30 at night, uh, it, it's it got this real nice, just uh, peaceful, Not it's not it's not your Friday night or your Saturday night album, but during the week and you're driving home at night, it, it's, it's a vibe. Shit, man. I just like, I felt it. I felt it as soon as you started saying days. I felt this as like a Thursday night album heading into the weekend kind of thing. Mm. Shit, man. Your vibes have been checked, Swift. Um, So let's get more to goofing off here, Tim. Looks like uh, you guys, you uh, critters have stuff for us. We do. We got some hyper specific. We haven't done this for a while. So here we go. Hyper specific. Starting it off right, I want to get my boring question out of the way. What is your favorite folklore? <laughs> uh, I don't think it's boring. I think it's more just No, uh, because this obvious. could have just been like a real uh, episode unto itself. Like I could right. talk I could talk for an hour on this alone. Right. Uh, yeah. The two that come to mind for me here real quick uh, is our local legend here in Wisconsin, the Beast of Bray Road over uh-huh. in Elkhorn, uh, apparently yeah. we have a I thought you were gonna werewolf Milverine. bear. <laughs> I thought so too. I thought you were going to say Milverine too. <laughs> I'm like, he's, he's not- real. <laughs> <laughs> but we got a bear. But it might be like a werewolf. It's supposedly the sentient uh, like Bigfoot type monster that uh, lives over on uh, Bray Road. The sightings cite back to uh, the 1930s uh, uh, was like the first time that someone saw one over there on the old country roads. Uh, best explanation is probably just like a wild dog or just a bear and people are dumb. But, you know, hey, right. uh, people can dream. Well, I've never heard of that. Um, that's interesting. Uh, my other favorite one is just the entire folklore surrounding Mackinac Island uh, up in Michigan on the UP uh, right off the tip of the peninsula is a little island called Mackinac Island for those who aren't familiar. Uh, It's got some extreme cases of haunting. There's a hotel there that's like massive uh, that apparently has just like a lot of ghosts and spirits wandering the halls uh there's a old school that apparently you can still hear like the kids being uh running around and whatnot uh because apparently like 
their schoolmaster was just a complete and utter bitch. Like, like corporal reprimanding, like throwing them into holes and shit. Like it's, there's, Holy there's fuck. a, there's, there's a great, uh, uh, episode on the podcast lore, uh, oh, yeah. that covers all of the things there. And the fact that it was also a, uh, military base for a while. I forget if it was civil war or, uh, one of the earlier ones, but like, any place you have a military influence, the ghosts of dead soldiers wander around. Um, I I really enjoy that Lord podcast too. Uh, one of my favorite things though is when he tries to editorialize too much. It, right. Sometimes it's just <laughs> it just comes out really funny of like, yeah, can't really come off on the fly, but yeah, sometimes when he tries to summarize a story, it's like <laughs> um, it reminds me of one I had a, when I would write school papers and not know how to finish with a conclusion. <laughs> In summary, uh, bad. <laughs> bad. Um, uh, that made me drag my memory about some folklore. Ben will love this. It's extremely a shit. It's a ghost story um, from violence. Uh, so oh. I don't know if I like that part. I, I told you. Well, yeah, but it's a plausible ghost story, which you love. Okay. Okay. Um, so I listened to this audiobook last year. Forgot the name of it, but mm. essentially uh, it was a journalist whose father was a World War II vet who served at Okinawa. And his father wasn't a very good person. Like he, he, he dealt with a lot of anger and all this stuff, but it was very obvious because he was traumatized from that war, which obviously World War II, uh, some of the most horrific stuff in US history. But uh, one thing he noticed was in his dad's workshop, he had a photo with a uh, military friend. Um, and then he gathered through the years that basically his father blamed himself for, because his friend died and he came back alive. Anyways, so his mission, he took it upon himself. His dad already passed away, but he, what he wanted to do was find, uh, damn it, what was the dude's name? Um, not Magonski, but it, he wanted to find the guy's remains because he was never brought back home. So he traveled to Okinawa and the tour person, uh, the tour guide that took him through where the battle was on that island, um, they eventually reached a part where, because it turns out the way the guy died was a, a grenade accidentally exploded, which caved in the cave that they were keeping munitions in. So his friend died because he accidentally blew himself up, essentially. Um, so they found conceivably where that cave could have been, but obviously it was all imploded. But uh, the tour guide was talking about, you know, he comes there, he, he goes there a lot because that, person he was 16 at the time and he was serving with japan they because they sent kids into war there um and one of his friends he dragged from the battle and died against a tree and uh he visits the tree weekly to basically pay his respects to you know his friend that you know died out there but anyways he sees japanese and american troops running through those forests still Oh, and shit. a lot of people that's, see it. That's, that's so people terrifying. don't venture there often. No. Because you will just see people running through the woods that are not. Oh, God. And so it just it reinforces Ooh. myself that there is crazy stuff, but. What's the, uh, what's the name of that forest again? Uh, I don't know. 
It's okay. Okinawa, though. Okinawa. Okay, I have so Okinawa is the island. But. I'm now going to go to a YouTube rabbit hole and find <laughs> it. Basically, yeah, the tour guide's like, I don't want to spend too much time here. You start seeing weird shit, and it's mostly manifests, and you'll see people running through these woods that aren't here. Mm. And <laughs> That's so scary. Um, so there, there's my uh, folklore for you. Okay, before before you guys go on to the other questions, I got some folklores too, and they're kind of local. Uh, and by kind of, I mean they are local. From my old uh, stomping grounds in Sheboygan County, uh, we have three different places that I'd like to talk about very briefly. The Glumbula Cemetery, the Wade House, and the American Club in Kohler. Now, the Wade House, I used to live down the road from the Wade House all the time. I remember taking a couple tours with my parents there and everything, and they have like they always say like there's always like a little haunting, but it's like a pleasant haunting where like you'd yeah. see like kids, kids like tugging at your shirt, seeing if you want to play or like uh, people like pushing you down the stairs, but not like pushing you down the stairs, but they're like encouraging you to like go. They're like, oh, yeah, get good. Come on, you can sit, check out my room and shit <laughs> or stuff like that. But then also um, there's a, 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 a groundskeeper that lives on the premises as well he has his own little house and everything and every once in a while i don't know if it still happens because i don't i don't go home all that often um but every once in a while at night i would always see the light on and then the light would be off and there would be no car there nobody there and like that light in like one room would be on and be like oh shit that's some scary (laughs) stuff um and then the Glumbula Cemetery, uh, when I was in high school, that was like the place to be on Halloween. And I never went there because I was a chicken shit. But uh, there was always like, there was always two or three stories where like you would see a glowing grave. Uh, you would see shoes next to a grave. And I always forget the rest of them, but apparently it was like one of the most, ha- apparently there was like uh, unsolved mysteries on Glenbu- on the Glenbula Cemetery. I'm not sure how true that is. I haven't found it. And uh, that mystery was never solved. <laughs> <gasps> oh God. Um, and, then, <laughs> and then the American club in Kohler, uh, which was, has been around for a long time. Kohler is a very swanky area. Uh, in Sheboygan County, mm-hmm. where everyone in Sheboygan County make actually the toilets. Yeah, they make the toilets too. Yes, um, but the American Club is a hotel there where a bunch of fancy rich people go and stay every once in a while. Um, and a cousin of mine used to work there, and he would always see things like down a hallway, someone far away. Like I, I, I like to call them shadow people, but uh, he would see a lot of uh, ghosts and other apparitions there as well. Oh, hey, my night terrors. Um, so my <laughs> sorry, million, my million dollar idea for this week. Uh, so <laughs> to get to your family's home, we could just make the creepiest drive through haunted house experience because <laughs> it does feel like. I'm driving through part of 1850 on the way <laughs> just cause there's the graveyards. <laughs> there's that weird, like uh plantation looking house on the way. That's, that's the Wade house, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> cause I know exactly. Yeah. Old garage with the old soda machine in front of it. Yeah. Like I would set up some type of like haunted house experience where there's a bunch of people like <laughs> running around in that graveyard, all of creepy and running around. And like, you'd see people in the plantation house that looked ghostly and just, you could really creep somebody out thinking that's like a haunted town. Like oh no, <laughs> yeah no, absolutely for sure. And it's it's kind of funny. I realized that a lot of my friends from Milwaukee, 
Uh, and Amber, for that matter, thinks that every time we go up to visit my parents that we're going to die in some way <laughs> because we're in like this country area. And I'm like, no, we're fine. I'm alive. I, I lived there for we like We could really years. do uh, Hills Have Eyes meet the exorcist up there. Kind we of could. With, Ed, to... with some Ed Gein sprinkled in. Yes. All right, enough folklore. Let's do some other questions. Um, uh, when did you decide that you're going to just start cussing like our girl Taylor Swift here? Consequences be damned. High school. Middle school, school. I used to pretend to swear. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I remember always, like, saying duck instead of fuck or, like, leaving a letter off because I knew my mom would be pissed hearing me. And then I just didn't care. (laughs) I think... I think there was a, yeah, it's definitely a high school thing for me. I think eighth grade, like the end of middle school might have started me. Fuck it. (laughs) Yeah, like, fuck it, man. But uh, I remember, I remember there was a time when I didn't want to swear in front of my parents, even when I was in high school and stuff like that. And then I turned 18 and then I accidentally said something in front of my parents. They didn't say anything. And I was like, I can, I can, I can do this now. I can swear in front of them and they won't. Like, I still like my mom will give me looks because it's my mom, but like, same but yeah, but uh but it was still just like they're not gonna do it they're not gonna throw me across their knee real quick and spank me uh okay and then my last one is so people think taylor may have revealed the name of ryan reynolds and blake lively's third child through these songs which <laughs> band or musician would you have revealed the name of your child Wait, War. that's it i didn't have to think about it you are <laughs> Wait, why is she revealing their kid's name? So Inez and James, Inez and James are the names of uh, their kids right now. So Betty would be the theoretical uh, newborn child's name. Oh, okay. That's good. That's good stuff. So what, what, what band do you want? What band or musician do you want, Tony? I don't know. <laughs> I, tried, I tried to think of something. I'm like, ah. hey, I had Guar ready to go. It was in that my was, tank. Guar, was... Guar is a great snap choice. <laughs> yeah, that was a great one. That's why I just I want to move on. Okay, I'm, all right. Not... Guar just wins. All right, all right. Let's move on then to the comment corner. Here we go. Comment corner, comment corner. It can't make the show any worse. We asked you can't this make week. It any worse. <laughs> yes uh we asked you this week if you had the opportunity to interrupt somebody who would you interrupt and the reason why we picked that is because we're talking about taylor swift famously in 2009 2009 mm. was it that yep, yep. 2009 kanye west decided to interrupt uh taylor swift giving her acceptance speech for the best female music video award uh and kanye west went up there and was like beyonce had the best blah, 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 of all time all time yeah. and then gave and it was shrug. for single ladies. ladies yeah and that's not a great music like sure it's an iconic outfit and whatnot but the entire music video is kind of bland and bland yeah, yeah. the point is we asked you what who would you like to interrupt and why and of course we got a lot of Donald Trump's, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, specifically, the other Kevin, that's not the Kevin in this podcast, said Donald Trump, along with our, our friend Sid, who is an avid baseball player. And I think he's in a band right now. I think he's in a band. He was in a yes. band. Nobody's in a band right now. Well, I was going to say, this is true. <laughs> that's, all, that's also very sad. 
Um, but they said Donald Trump. Obvious reasons. That guy sucks. And that guy can. does suck. <laughs> and uh, another interesting one that I thought was pretty. Actually, you know, what? I'm gonna say that one for the end because I think that's hilarious. Um, so see the one on the top of the list, guys. Don't say that one until the end. Okay. Got it. Cool. All right. So then, Tony, you want to say another one? Um. Uh, let's see. I liked Cody's. Uh, he wants to. Uh, I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know when God's making a speech, but the next time he does, Cody wants to interrupt that shit. Tony, I ben just told you not to say that Tony, one. I said, don't say that one now. I wanted to save it for the end. Uh, well, I didn't. I wasn't Too listening late. because Donald Trump. Ever says she wants to interrupt her mom. <laughs> this is a great fucking comic corner already. That's it. Amber says she wished she could interrupt her mom, like Kevin said there. Uh, our good buddy Trey, uh, he wants to interrupt Kanye if he's rambling. Oh, uh, yes. Give him a little of his own medicine. Yes. Yeah, please. Especially, yeah. The man showed up to diss Harriet Tubman and try to run for president. Holy shit. Well, he's still running for president, isn't he? Mm, I don't know. Yeah, he's I, who knows? How, uh, he's probably bored with it this week. Okay, deal. Next week, you'll be No, back. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kim Kardashian's keeping him locked away in a cupboard. He's being uh, get outed. That movie was about him, don't you know? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, man. Um, uh, uh, Gary, <laughs> who did Gary say that he said it's kind of obvious? Because uh, there's so many people. Yeah. See, that's the thing. He said it it's kind of obvious. obvious to me. <laughs> I know. He said that, and I was like, I don't know, man. It's not that obvious. <laughs> like, I, I could only assume he meant that orange fuck president that we have but i you know this can be open to a lot of things i'm like maybe there's someone what if gary is just talking about someone he really doesn't like right now and he's like i think it's kind of obvious if you know who i am is is this gary the snail does he want to interrupt spongebob that would be obvious (laughs) (laughs) it's funny that he can type do you you of course gary's been on the internet gary is online let me tell you there is significant evidence in that show that says gary is very very online but how you will not log off sir how does he type uh with his little eyes with his little foot foot. he doesn't have feet he slithers uh do you okay let me welcome to biology 101 snail he's not a real snail yeah he's a real snail wow shut up wow Wow. Anyways, last but not least, Brandon from <laughs> Brandon from Game Talk. You can catch his show uh, every Sunday morning, 10 a.m. on Twitch. Uh, he says he'd like to interrupt any person who is rude and complaining at, to me at his retail job uh, about things about that are, about things that are out of his control. Yeah. So I that's feel that very, pain. Feel bad. Yeah. Uh, the 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 retail minds are just not good. Not good at all. Not good at all, Ted. Man, I can only imagine someone coming in real quick being like, I don't want to wear a mask and Brandon just having to like Mike Tyson that shit real quick. <laughs> With the whole Phil Collins song and everything. Yep. Yeah, that's it. No, I mean, uh, what a time for for essential workers. It's just really weird. Anyways, that's our show, basically. Just wear a mask. God damn it. Just fucking, you just wear a mask for like a couple months, then maybe we could, you know... Go outside and see our friends and stuff, possibly. Very yeah, fun. I could listen to this album around a bonfire, and yeah. it would be amazing. It would be and... great. Bare fucking moments. <sighs> Anyways, sorry, I didn't mean to end it on that kind of a note, but that's our show for today. Uh, that was Taylor Swift's Folklore, 
And thank you everyone that talked on the comment corner. Uh, thank you guys uh, for thinking of awesome questions for the Hyper Specific. And thank you for listening. I am Benny K and I'm also with Tony just Tony. Tony just Tony mid yawn. Oh, that's some good stuff right there. <laughs> Kevin, thank you once again for joining us. Yep. Always a pleasure. Damn it. Always I was going to try to say it when you said it. <laughs> Shit. It didn't work this time. Uh, but yeah, we're out of here. We'll be we'll be back again soon. So we'll talk to you then. Bye-bye.